Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf and Simon. And we're on and welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Caddy. I'm Alfredo Artiaga. Simon Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman is here. And as always, this show is brought to you by PrizePix. Use promo code 5FIVE. Uh, you deposit $100, you get $100, and it's a one-time rollover, which essentially means they're giving you $100. And they have a really cool thing right now for Combine Week, which means, you know, I- I'm going to be plunging my brains out into this. Did you guys see, especially Simon, Simon's kind of a fan of this. Although, who knows? I I, I remember Chris talking about these props before, these 40-yard time props. Did you see what I posted on OnlyFans? Did you see that? Simon? Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't actually. It's my son's birthday, so I've kind of not been paying massive attention. So I apologize. Well, I posted the entire list. They have 47 players there with the over under on 40 times at the combine. I think we could even play this little game right here. Chris, did you see it on OnlyFans? I, I saw it, but unfortunately, you know, I usually make an absolute killing betting on these. Okay. And, well, uh, and, and I, but this year I, I have. I have no business whatsoever taking any sides of any of these bets. <laughs> so, all right, let's 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 dig into a few of these, and then we'll get we'll get the show started as soon as we dig into a few of these. Just a few, not all forty-seven. All right, combine. They got the forty times. All right, Will Anderson. They got over under four point six one. Simon. Uh, under. Okay. Whoa. So yeah. So that's a top five pick if he does that. He's gonna run he'll run low four, he'll run high four fours. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah, Chris? I would take I would take I would take the under just from having watched him and mm-hmm. having seen well, because he's been on radar for like three years now. So I mean like or or for two at least two years. I mean like I've seen I've seen stuff about his athletic prowess. So I'm gonna assume that with the training he can get there. He can get below four six one. All right, and we're going to do a few more of these because these numbers, like, there's some really, really compelling ones, especially Trenton Simpson, since we did a two on uh, on three YPC. They got him at 4.43 over under. That seems low. Simon? Uh, I'm going to go over, but only just. I think he'll run 4.47. Uh, Chris, you've seen him play. I know he's a good player, but that fast? Uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take a pass on this one. I, I just, just the number itself is, um, that's a no for me. Uh, but you know, that's, it's unfair for me. It's unfair for me to act like I, like I know that he's going to do that. It's just, it's just a tough number. Like what, well, I don't know why they threw that number out there. Has apparently run a four, four zero though. So, hmm. yeah. And you know, in training though. Yeah, sure. Big difference. But. Yeah, what I'm getting from a lot of these numbers is uh, none of these guys are going to make it to 51 if they run under <laughs> these numbers. Now, uh, you guys big fans of Jack Campbell? Because everybody else is. They got him at 4.69. I think that's right on the number, Simon. I'm going to say under. I think you run a 4.64. Okay. So it's right there, which means, you know, it's it's a tough bet to make. Chris? Um, I'm gonna pass on this one. I have, I would have no idea what Jack Campbell's gonna. Run. Yeah, I think that's uh, yeah, <laughs> <Get> th- pussy. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, that's a <laughs> that's just a rough one to bet. Look, one of my favorite players in all of college football, one of my favorite players in the draft. We have zero need for this, but Brian Reezy, 4.8. Big guy. I don't think Kristen Wilkins ran that ran that. And Kristen Wilkins was was pretty much he's it's pretty much his direct comparable. Simon, he he's gonna run four eight. Yeah, I think you're running the four sevens. Really? Soon. Do you, yeah. by the way, do you know uh, Christian Wilkins what he ran? Yeah, five oh four. Really? Okay. He's and you think pounds, so Wilkins? Yeah. So and Breezy is is gonna weigh what like two ninety two something I like re- that? Yeah, I I mean close to around about three hundred. I reckon. I don't think he's gonna be. Yeah, hmm. I mean he's he's listed at six five two ninety one. So. I mean, I know hmm. the guy is fast, but that's a tough time to be four seven seven. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Uh, they're think... very they're they're very aggressive with some of these. I'm just noticing. Yeah, I'm looking at him here, and yeah, the, some of these numbers, like man, you gotta almost you gotta take almost the over extensively, like instinctively, like it's gonna help you. Uh, you have a lot more wiggle room. This one. I think is an easy under Bijan Robinson 4.5. Yeah, that's an under. He's running in the four fours. Yeah, definitely under. Yeah, you agree with that one, right, Chris? I, I again, like I, I could actually. This is the position. This is a position where you, where you see, where you see the guys come in a four five two or something like that a lot, even if they're fast. I mean, I don't know. Uh, that's again, it's aggressive. And this one, and I guess we could finish up here. Although they have everybody else, they have Izzy, Abinekanda. Well, they have everybody. They have Zach Charbonnet. So all your favorites are on here, and you could take these lines. We'll do one last one. And if if he's anywhere near this number, say goodbye to fifty-one. He'll be a first-round pick. Jameer Gibbs, four point three eight. Jesus Christ, that fast, Simon? Yeah, I think he'll be that fast. I think him and Dev- Devon A. Chain will run in the four threes. Abanakanda will run in the four threes. Um, I, I'm not sure Gibbs will go in the first round just because of his size. It'll be, you know, there are so many interesting things about the combine in terms of people's size profiles across the board. Uh, Brian Brzee that you just talked about, Kalaja Kansi, the the defensive tackle. I mean, if he's 5'11", but he plays the way he does, he's insane. Anthony Richardson, obviously, what's he going to come in at? Bryce Young, obviously, what's he going to come in at? Um and I think uh, I think Gibbs is another really interesting one. What's his you know what's his size going to be? Look at like you saw those pictures yesterday of Zay Flowers beefed up fifteen pounds of pure muscle. You know mm-hmm. how's that going to affect his speed? So it'll be fascinating to see what happens. But I, I think Gibbs will run in those sort of four threes, early four fours. But I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him. Same with A Chain. You know when when was the last time realistically a running back that's in the probably the one eighties, late one eighties, early one nineties goes in round one? I mean. There's a couple mm-hmm. of outliers. Chris Johnson is one. I'm struggling to think of anybody else. But, um, yeah, I, I think he'll run fast, but I still think he'll go in the second round, especially with the, you know, this isn't an every down back at the next level. This is a kind of a, you know, people talk about, and there is a comparison to Alvin Kamara, but Alvin Kamara is bigger. He is more physical. Um, and I'm just not sure that you can, It's you know, he's perfect for Miami or for San Francisco because of the way they rotate runners. But, you know, is Jameer Gibson every down back at the next level? I'm not sure. But he's a really good player, but we'll have to see. Well, what All about right. the quarterbacks? What about the quarterbacks coming in like Bryce Young, four five three? Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, Anthony Richardson, four four six. I know uh, uh, he's fast. He's fast, but he's also quite big. So wouldn't surprise me if he, he he's actually a little bit above that in uh, in his time. But um, I think Richardson will run in the four fours. I think Bryce Young. Yeah, will yeah, I think Young will run in the four sixes. Yeah. Uh, now Chris it, has it, the answer to this, but Simon, you, you care to guess who Price Picks has? Remember, they only have forty-seven prospects. They're mostly it, the most I can tell. They're mostly you know day one, day two guys, popular guys, popular guys in college. Can you guess who they have as the lowest forty time? Chris knows the answer to this already. Uh, the lowest forty time in this year's combine. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't have a clue. I would probably say, um, I might say A Chain, but there's probably somebody else. You nailed it. You nailed it. They nailed have it. him at four point two nine. Wow. Yeah, but they have Jalen Hyatt at four point three zero. Okay. So. Say the other guy that can run really fast, um, and I'm gonna have to Google his name because I'm not gonna be able to pronounce it. Um, 
there's a wide receiver at Princeton called Andre uh, Iosivas. I've not watched him, as you can tell by the pronunciation. Um, he's a Hawaii kid, but he is the, I think he's the 60 meter indoor NCAA hurdles champion. But he's, oh, wow. he's like, um, who's that kid at Cleveland? Anthony Schwartz, the kid that was at Auburn. <laughs> but he is, uh, he was the NCAA champion in the heptathlon. He's a three-time Ivy League heptathlon champion. He's run the fastest ever 60 meters in the NCAA heptathlon at the 2022 NCAA indoors. So he ran a 671, 60 meters. So let's have a look at the world 60 meter record. Because this is... um. So Christian Coleman has the world 60 meter record at four at 634 and he runs a 671. So I mean he's in, I mean, Christian Coleman's an Olympic hundred meter medalist. Well, he's certainly the world championship gold medalist. I don't know where he finished the Olympics, maybe he was second or third. But so this is a guy that's running with the guy that won the world hundred meter championships. Mm-hmm. So he's I would take uh, uh, that, uh, 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 do you think? Do you think he threatens the record, though, the combine record? I don't think he threatens. Uh, mm, I don't know though. Uh, he's going to go fast. He's definitely going to go fast. State champion Just... in state champion hundred meters, sixty meters hurdles in high school. I mean, this dude can absolutely smoke. So. Just, just as an aside, I, I would take the under on Will Levis's four seven three. Yeah. Um, just because I just because I know from his his career and uh, you know from seeing him that he he actually cares about his speed and he's worked on it you know before this year <laughs> you know um, and he and he had a, he had a bunch of uh, injuries this year um, so that could be affecting uh, what people think he's going to do but I know he was like he was really looking forward to getting you know back with a track coach for the uh for the off season uh, and cuz he wants to see how fast he can go. Yeah. He and wants he wants to see like genuinely really slowed him as well, didn't it? So yeah. yeah. And he will throw on Saturday by the way, so everybody well, going to see. throw except Bryce Young. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 disappointing thing is that or the disappointing thing for CJ Stroud is that he's next man up after Anthony Richardson to throw, <laughs> which is going to be really funny cuz Richardson's got an absolute howitzer. Yes. He's, Stroud's the poor guy that's got to come in straight after him. Just looking at uh, A-Chain's numbers. So the kid from Princeton is a 671. A-Chain is 663, and that's 60 metres. Oh, wow. so he's a 10-14, 100-metre guy, Devon A-Chain. So, I mean, that is ridiculous. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And we'll get into the, the combine, you know, when we have some results next week. But The seventh fastest runner in Texas A&M history in the 100 metres. Yeah, I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have so much fun with this, or I'm gonna lose so much money with this. Yeah, the last one. <laughs> These cornerbacks, though, you know, I hate to keep digging into this. I know that the, the, you know, the, the audience is thinking, my God, these guys are digging into the, yeah, yeah. It's we're talking about betting something, so I'm gonna keep talking about it, and I'm gonna be interested in it. All these cornerbacks seem right on the number. Devin Witherspoon, four point three eight. Joey yeah, Porter yeah. Jr., four point four three. Kelly Ringo, 4.34. I wouldn't bet a single dime on any of those guys. That's that's right on the number. But Brian Branch, 4.47. Those Alabama guys always run fast. Yeah, I think Branch will run really fast. I mean, I just think it's a, it's such a good class of defensive back. Interestingly, Branch is working out with the corners rather than the safeties, which I think is really interesting. But I think all those guys, Christian Gonzalez is going to run. He's a real long strider. Porter, Witherspoon, Cam Smith is fast. Be interesting to see what Clark Phillips runs because I think Phillips might be the one that falls a little bit. And if you were as Dolphins fans, obviously, his style of play definitely fits into that um, into that Vic Fangio defense. And you might see a couple of guys like Emmanuel Forbes of Mississippi State, Deontay Banks of Maryland, uh, even Eli Ricks. You know, I mean, I only played four games last year, but he came in as a first round pick to start the season. The LSU kid, um, again, another guy that would fit the Fangio scheme if he doesn't run well. And then you go down the list, you know. That there's a number of guys that could really bump themselves up and, you know, kids coming off the back of a strong senior bowl. You look at someone like um, uh, the the Kelly kid at Stanford or Julius Brents at Kansas State. So um, the, these kids are going to fly. And then you've just got the safeties. I mean, you know, Branch is ridiculous. Johnson comes downhill like a train. Christopher Smith flies about all over the place. Battles fast. Sidney Brown's fast. Jamie Robinson is fast. So, you know, it's going to be an absolute, you know, going to be a, a track meet on when those guys are out on the field. This is this is probably just a, uh, a numbers geek 
um, note, but something that I've noticed in the past, probably I, maybe four years or something like that in the combine. So there used to be a thing where I, you can make a killing on these um, on these over-unders with the combine, uh, mostly betting the over, right? Because they um, because the, these numbers would be over-aggressive and, um, and then you could always count on the electronic time for mm-hmm. the official electronic time for the combine coming in like a solid uh, 10th of a second over what the, um, you know, what, what everybody, what everybody sees on TV when they're, when the people are hand timing things. And uh, one of the issues that, um, that was, that was going on, I think was, you know, the, controversy over over how exact how and when exactly to start the electronic timer because it's going off player movement it'd be easy as hell if it was like a like a track beat or something like that everybody everybody goes at the bell right you know like and and then whatever your time is whatever your time is but at the combine they don't start the timer until um until the player moves and that's right. why they've got that guy at the you know sitting they've always had that guy sitting uh sitting at the start who will uh, blow the whistle and blow you dead if he sees that you were moving a little bit before you really moved, you know, like, like that's, that's what his job was because he's going to, if you do that, then your electronic time is going to come in slow because you spent like, you know, 0.2 seconds kind of rocking forward and before you really exploded out of your stance. Um, And, and what I've noticed in the last four years or some, somewhere around that time, the electronic times are coming in, so much closer to the hand times. I think they really cleaned up the um, the process for how they start the electronic time, and numbers are getting faster. I mean, there's no there's no question about it. If you if you were to to graph them all, um, I think the numbers the electronic numbers are coming in faster. And so these these times all look over aggressive to me. But at the same time, you know we're going to see electronic times that are, that are legitimately that fast. So um, just a, a weird here's, note. Here's some other names for people to keep an eye on, right? Trey Palmer, the receiver at Nebraska has, uh, has run in his combine practice has apparently run mid four twos. So, I mean, that's a guy that can flat out fly. Terrell Smith, the Minnesota corner, he's run a 10, 3900 meters. I mean, that is just, you know, that's next level. Trey Tucker of Cincinnati can absolutely fly. Abanakanda's running in the low four twos, apparently. <laughs> I mean, Christ. So, yeah, is yeah. it possible for all of these guys to be tra- to be to be picked before fifty one because yeah. they run yeah. way too fast? I think Trey Palmer might be. I mean, if, if Trey Palmer's running mid four twos, that guy's got to be the favorite, surely. Yeah. Right. Right. His over unders at four thirty seven. So, uh, so go take it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, we just did almost twenty minutes on gambling on over unders on on forty times, which means I'm obviously the, the host of the show. That's we are degenerates. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be the greatest plug a betting company's ever had. Twenty minutes, probably on any podcast ever. <laughs> yes, yeah, we just handicapped the entire field for yeah. for the the combine. Yeah, most of these guys run – running backs are running on Sunday. That absolutely sucks, okay? Because I, I want to be sitting somewhere, like on, on a beach somewhere, and now i got to sit there and watch these running backs run because I have money on it. So uh, that's going to be a, so much fun. All right, what well, wasn't fun was a guy who piggybacked one of those combine posts by the NFL to essentially announce what seemed like his retirement, but it's not because he's not retiring. Uh, Byron Jones made some news on Saturday, and as and as one of our members on OnlyFans, three dollars a month, people, okay, correctly pointed out, the dolphin drama meter went right back down to zero days. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and I think this is something. Look, Chris, uh, since you're in charge of our Discord, can, is there a way that you can have like a counter, a dolphin drama meter, and we count the days up and then down to zero when the dolphins do something? You know, I'll, I'll I'll look in I'll look into it, but uh, we'll see. I, I'll look into it. <laughs> well, uh, it's at well now it's at two days because it's been two days since this. What, what did you make of this? Uh, I guess back and forth on Saturday because it was Byron Jones getting out there pretty forcefully, sounding like he was going to retire, and then Joe Shad and Barry Jackson 
being emphatic, no, he is not retiring. And then we kind of settled on, yeah, he's getting cut with a June 1st designation. What did you make of this this whole thing, Simon? Oh, I mean, I I go back to what I said consistently throughout the season. And despite the fact that I got loads of email, uh, loads of uh, tweets from people calling me all sorts of names, including one guy who called me the C word. Uh, <laughs> and unfortunately, I deleted it. But I knew all along because I was told by a really good source that he was definitely injured um he was definitely struggling to change direction he wasn't in any way shape or form comfortable with his body um at any point during the season um and i think the dolphins thought he was putting it on but i i genuinely don't think he is and the whole point is that he's he doesn't want to be traded he just physically does not feel good at all like his body is completely given up on him um now, I don't know what that means for the longevity of his career, whether he's going to retire, because it certainly did. You know, I think we all thought it felt like a retirement post. Um, and then clearly Barry and and Joe spoke to his agent. But um, at no point during the season did I think that he was ready to come back. And when I knew that he wasn't, you know, I knew that it wasn't uh, posturing or you know, he wasn't going to leave all that money that was on the table. That was the most crazy thing that people kind of didn't really understand. So, look, I don't know what it means. It's disappointing, I think, for the Dolphins because I think the three of us had sort of had private conversations and conversations on OnlyFins, $3 a month, um, mm-hmm. where we talked about the fact that, you know, if Jones comes back, wow, all of a sudden that, you know, that feels like a really interesting secondary because if you can add a couple of, you know, you add a draft piece like, a, I don't know, a Garrett Williams or a Clark Phillips. You throw a safety into the mix, whether that's a free agent guy like, I don't know, Taylor Rapp or John Johnson, who's going to get cut this week. Or, you know, one of the safeties like Chris Smith or Sidney Brown at Illinois or whatever. You're throw missing that. one very important one who's essentially already on the team. Jordan yeah, Jordan Boyer. Boyer. <laughs> you throw that into the mix and all of a sudden that secondary is looking hellacious. But, you know, it feels like Jones certainly isn't going to play for the Dolphins again. And uh, and Chris made a very salient point, which I'm sure he'll touch on in a sec, which might be that, you know, there's probably some sort of um, legal situation coming down the pipe. But, yeah, I mean, it's a shame. He's a really good player. I, I thought, you know, this was a guy who was a, a, an all-pro at safety in Dallas. He was a, a really good corner. I thought he was a really good corner for us. Um you know, didn't have a lot of interceptions, but I thought he played at a, a really good level. And it's just a shame that his body seems like it's it's giving up on him. But, you know, hopefully he can come back. It feels like he's going to get cut June 1st because that's where the Dolphins make the, the, a more legitimate saving. But, but yeah, I, I, I just, I feel sad for him. I feel sad that, you know, he's, what, 30 years old and, you know, he's talking about disability and the fact that he can't run and jump. And, you know, you saw that video of him do the 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 monster, um, uh, you know, broad jump. Long jump. Yeah, yeah combine, and um, you know, he can't do anything like that. So, so yeah, I just, I just feel sad for him, and I wish him all the best. You know, in his recovery of health, whether that's as an NFL player, or as a human being, and the rest in the rat race with the rest of us, we shall see. Chris, you know, I, I, all I know, all I know is all, all we can know, um, is that there's disagreement. I guess you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and that's it. You know, and and. And it's it's really it's really unfair of us. I think you know. I think that we were being a little unfair to Byron Jones earlier in the year because, you know, Sam Madison had some semi-strong words for him. Um, but uh, you know, maybe we we were being a little bit unfair to him uh, in, in as much as just because we know there's just there there's some conflict there between the player and the the, the team. You know, it doesn't automatically mean, mean that the team is right. You know, um, so yeah, he, he is a guy that's used to being the fastest kid in the neighborhood. Uh, let's be honest though, Mm -hmm. uh, Byron Jones, Uh, and he was, you know, he's an extremely fast, explosive, very good athlete. And, um, you know, so, so part of me wonders if, you know, his, his body failing me would be average for somebody else. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, make no mistake. He would smoke our ass like right now, <laughs> like in right, a race, but, you know. You know, and, and so and so his unhappiness with the way that he's performing and the way that his um his body is uh is is you know performing, you know, is it is it um only he can say you know whether it's it, you know to him it is justified to, yes. to say that I'm gonna I'm gonna stay out and to um. And even to speak out against the Dolphins in terms of their uh, medical treatment. 
Um, but I, I just think that it's a shame because it, uh, it really brings the spotlight back to uh, something that was already getting a lot of scrutiny this year, which is the Dolphins' uh, medical treatment and uh, and their and their their team doctors and trainers and such, because he was pretty much making it clear, you know, uh, that that he thought that he was getting bad advice and bad treatment. Um, and that he, he continued to play through hurts, uh, using, you know, quote unquote pills, injections, I think he said, um, and, uh, and that was a mistake. And now because of it, he's, he's going to be, you know, he's going to, his body is affected for the rest of his life. And, um, and that's what he is. He is, you know, of that belief. And I'm not saying that the dolphins did anything, you know, wrong. Uh, because, you know, I know that the league is banned for all injections and a bunch of other injections anyway. So I, I think a lot of people have kind of a vision in their mind of, of players getting shot up and then, and, and then going back out there and that just doesn't happen. Um, but you know, still, uh, I, I think that it's an unfortunate situation. He will be cut post June 1st. It's unfortunate that it brings the spotlight back to Miami's already kind of under fire, um, medical unit. And uh, and I guess, you know, we'll start to count him out of uh, of the offseason plans, which we are kind of already kind of were. But, you know, I, I think as Simon referenced in, in sort of our wildest fantasies, we're like, well, maybe, you know, um, but we've been doing that for a year. So um, so it's finally time to uh, to let go of the rope. Yeah, there's a there's also an update on 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 the story and and then we could go to break and we could talk free agency afterwards. But uh, Mark Hockman, who does a show with Channing Crowder uh, down here, uh, actually ran into Byron Jones's agent <laughs> over the weekend. And he made it clear that they did not appreciate um, the media pressure. And that's a direct quote, the media pressure that dolphins had applied on Byron Jones this season. And if you think about it, I would say, yeah, if you're injured, and you keep hearing, yeah, he's going to be ready for week one. Oh, no, we were wrong. Maybe he'll be ready for week six. You know what? Uh, we kind of want him on that plane going out west. And then you have Sam Madison popping off. Like, yeah, you could see how it's it might have been time to, to say something. And I guess they wanted to say something ahead of free agency. So, you know, who knows if they'll take a – how does that work, by the way? Like, if is there a possibility we could release him and then he could take free agent visits? In March, anybody have the answer to that one? Not I. Hmm. No, I. No. Is he is he still under contract technically to us uh, until June first? If we giving him the designation? Oh no, no, no! I don't believe so. Okay. Oh, so he... Well, you know, I've heard conflicting things about that, but I don't think so. All right. Well, we're gonna go to break. And when we come back, we will talk free agency. But first, these words. Do you have a water leak and can't find where it's coming from? Are you dealing with water or mold damage in your home or business? Then call Water Cleanup of Florida at 954-579-0356 for immediate assistance. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and their team is prepared to handle all types of leak detection issues. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. After the leak has been located and repaired, Water Cleanup of Florida will then clean, dry, and fully restore the damaged areas. Water Cleanup of Florida is fully licensed, insured, and certified to provide the one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There is no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle the entire project from start to finish. Service areas include Miami, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone at 954-579-0356. That's 954 954- Five seven nine zero three five six, or visit their website at wcufl.com. Water cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a four fifty-five meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. 
And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. I'm Jalen Phillips, and you're listening to Three Yards Per Carry. And we're back. All right. Another thing that happened over the weekend, or let's say on Friday, actually happened on Friday because it happened on his podcast. Uh, Simon, would you be surprised in the least bit if the Dolphins are playing opening the season against Kansas City and Jordan Porter just ran out of the tunnel unannounced in the Dolphin uniform and he wasn't even under contract? Uh, I'd certainly believe the first. Uh, <laughs> I think the Dolphins will open the season uh, on that Thursday night against the Chiefs because yeah. I think it's match up Tyreek Hill going back to Kansas City obviously Super Bowl champions the return of Tua uh, Mike McDaniel in year two kind of sexy defense Vic Fangio all that sort of stuff I think that's a real ratings winner especially to see that Dolphins offense and what McDaniel might have cooked up in the lab in the offseason I think there's a lot around that game especially around our quarterback especially around Mahomes all of those things so yeah uh, I think Poyer won't need to run out unannounced because I think he'll have a contract anyway so with the Dolphins <laughs> so I think that's the kind of a given he really really wants us to know that he wants to play here yeah, <laughs> you know, Chris. Uh, I say, look. Uh, I'll spoiler alert. I say we accommodate him. Your thoughts, Chris? Yeah, um, it's it's hard to say because it comes. You know, a lot of times, every time we see this happen, and it seems like we do see this happen every now and then. Um, and it seems like uh, like an an inevitability, I guess. And we're well, just go ahead and pencil the guy in. Um, but sometimes they're they're positioning this way because they want the big offer. You know, they 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 want you know they want the team to to go ahead and and give big money. And I'm not sure how much money the Dolphins can really afford um, this offseason. So you know, I I'm not gonna put I'm not gonna put them put them in with ink to be honest. Um, because you know I. We have no idea yet what the Dolphins are going to do. Um, and so I think that, uh, you know, yeah, it does seem he, he wants to be here. That's a, a very important piece of the puzzle that people often uh, underestimate. But um, but at the same time, do they want to pony up for this position, you know, financially? Uh, and do they do they want specifically that player? I don't, I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah, but what's interesting in all this is that he was positioned earlier in the season as as wanting too much for Buffalo to to retain. And now the more you dig into it, you know, these guys don't get paid. 30-year-old safeties, they just don't get paid. Tyron Matthew, I think, is the perfect example. Uh, who was really the better player? Uh, Tyron Matthew a year ago or Jordan Poyer now? They're roughly the same age. Matthew, I think, was a little bit younger. You saw the contract he got. He didn't get too much from New Orleans, and he had to wait for it, too, because he, he was one of the later signees. Uh, if it's if it could be done for those type of numbers, you know, which is roughly around $9 million per and half of a contract guaranteed, and, and what we're talking about is like a three-year deal. So you figure somewhere around $14 million overall, $15 million guaranteed about six per season guaranteed you do it right simon like i think the impact is worth the dollars yeah you probably do it i mean you're concerned about the the missing time um i i think when it comes to free agency i know we're going to do a big big free agency show but you've got to look at it thus right miami don't have a lot of cash loads of people say mm-hmm. and chris and i discussed this the other day loads of people say you know it, it's uh the free the 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 cap is just uh you know it's not really real. Well, it's not really real until it becomes real and then it kicks you in the ass, you know, because it means mm-hmm. there are certain things you can't do. And um, I think with the Dolphins, you have to look at what other positions they need to address in this offseason, given that they only have five draft picks, two of which, one in the sixth round, one in the seventh round, so you, and none in the first round. You know, they need a backup quarterback, right? They need running backs. They don't have any running backs on the roster, I don't think. Maybe Ahmed is on, is on, is on the roster. They need a tight end. They need at least one guard. They need at least one tackle. 
Okay. They could probably do with another defensive tackle. Uh, they need probably at least two linebackers and they need at minimum one, maybe two corners and at least one safety. So there's a lot of holes to fill. So, you know, I think you have to weigh up whether or not Jordan Poyer financially can, you know, and, and also there's there's contracts to be done. Christian Wilkins, for example, you'll have Jay, you'll have um, Holland, who was obviously a second round pick. Therefore, it's a, a four year contract rather than a five. You won't have the chance to to parlay that fifth year. So uh, that's coming down the pipe fairly shortly. Um Tua, obviously, does he go up? Does he get the fifth-year option, which puts him up to 21, 22 million per year or for that final year? Um, so it's interesting to think what they might do. And, you know, you look around the sort of the bargain bin area, you know, in terms of, because that's probably generally where they're going to be, um, where they're going to be looking. And you kind of look at, okay, you know, we're linebackers or we're safeties, you know, do they do they go for a player or do they like look at somebody like, I don't know, Taylor Rapp that we talked about in um, mm-hmm. only things, three pounds, three dollars per month. You know, in terms of linebackers, you know, people have talked about TJ Edwards and, you know, I've talked about Aziz Al-Shair and, uh, and people like that. But, you know, you throw in a, a Kazir White, who obviously was at Philadelphia last year, who Vic Fangio knows. You look at someone like Caden Ellis in in New Orleans. You know, Chris has talked about Andrew Wiley at tackle. We've talked about Mike McGlinchey, but, you know, and Andrew Wiley at tackle. You look at safeties. You know, we talk about Poyer. We talk about rap, but someone like Juan Thornhill, you know, you get maybe a one or a two-year deal for I number. like him. I like him. Yeah. And I think, you know, running backs, where, where's that Where's that running back coming? You know, who is that going to be? Is that going to be a, you know, I would suspect, given we traded for Jeff Wilson, that Wilson will come back. I, I suspect that most of it will come back. And, you know, but you talk about uh, Damian Harris. Well, Damian Harris doesn't catch the ball very well. He's kind of injury plagued. You look at Jamal Williams, he's a bit of a hammer. Chris has obviously mentioned a couple of guys on OnlyFins, $3 a month. Um, you know, but I, I just, I think people talking about, you know, oh, we're going to be spending this money on so-and-so and this money on so-and-so. And we need to, you know, Tremaine Edmonds and blah, blah, blah. And I, I just don't see that as a thing. I just don't think we're going to be able to afford to, to mess around in that area. I just don't think we have the cash to do it, um, you know, to to make those sorts of splashes. You know, I, you know to me, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is the, is the player yes. that I target. But again, I just don't think they'll be able to afford him. I just don't see that's a feasible. Yeah, he'll be expensive. Like that's a, that's, oh. that's a giant contract on the way. I know this is a guy that um, that you liked uh, in the past, uh, Simon. Um, but you know, well, first off, I mean, Jimmy Ward has to. You have to be looking at him as well. But um, but a guy yeah. in the past, MJ Stewart. You know, I'm, I wonder about him if he's like your Chauncey Gardner Johnson light. You know, like yeah. um, and, Very and bar, bargain basement kind of guy, uh, corner safety that um, that Vic Fangio tends to like uh, in his uh, in his defense. Um, but yeah, you, you're right. Uh, they don't have very many resources. And so we're all like, you know, Hey, Jordan Boyer, you know, I don't know what number we'd even be talking about with, for him to be honest, cause it could be all over the board due to his age. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. Pencil him in. Yeah, that's good. Oh, yeah, but we're also going to get, you know, uh, um, Jawan <laughs> yeah. Taylor. Yeah. Let's go get Jawan Taylor at right tackle. You know, <laughs> let's, um, oh yeah, well definitely, definitely at linebacker, we're going to, you know, we're going to get a big, big name at linebacker for sure. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like, can, by the way, I, th- I think that that's a good place to to move on to is like, we could put that to bed, all this uh, Bobby Wagner and Levante David stuff. These guys are going to be expensive at least for a year. I don't, and they're not fits. I don't think for that much money. Like uh, that's an obvious no. Right. Well, um, yes, I, I, I think it's, I think, I think it's ultimately enough. I, I, I wouldn't say that it's a, it's a bad fit necessarily. Um, but I, I do think that it's going to be a no because of the, uh, the age and, uh, the age and, and the, um, the dollar figure, because people just forget that how much these guys made in very, very, very recent history. And so they're, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, we'll just toss a little this out. And like they throw a number like, you know, one year, you know, 5 million or something like that. And it's like, that's not what these guys are going to get paid. Um, so, you know, I, I yeah, I, I do think you throw those out. I think that um, you're going to be looking at some different names and number one might be a Landon Roberts, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I hate to say it, He's 29 years old, and uh, and he plays in this defense. Um, he plays in this defense, maybe even a little bit more so than uh, than than the previous defense. So, um, so it's 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 inter- it's interesting to to think about. 
Yeah, and another thing, uh, all the everybody that wants a sexy running back, you're gonna have your, your your pick, but I don't think the Dolphins are gonna be in on any of them. Maybe one, maybe Dalvin Cook, but isn't it? Don't you find it the least bit interesting, Simon, that all of them are gonna make the market? All of them. Nobody's keeping their running backs. Their star running backs. Josh Jacobs, damn near won an MVP this season. He got MVP votes. He's gonna be out there as well. Derrick Henry might get cut. Dalvin Cook, we already spoke about. He might get cut. Saquon Barkley is going to be out in the market. Like, you know, that should depress the, the running back market and kind of tell you all you need to know about what NFL teams think about running backs. Right, Sam? Yeah, I mean, it's a depreciated market. Nobody's going to be paying. I don't think that the money that Saquon Barkley wants. Uh, there's a huge draft class of running backs. You know, you uh, it, to me, it just makes absolutely no sense whatsoever to be spending huge amounts of cash either on a second contract or signing somebody else's running back. Do you know what I mean? That just, I mean, I, I just, just don't understand it, especially, you know, you go back and we talked about some of these guys earlier on, but you go and look at the draft, you know, you look at Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs and Zach Charbonnet and Devon A chain. And, you know, Zach Evans, old miss is a really, he's a really good player. Mm-hmm. Tank and a banner and the kid at TCU, Kendra Miller and, um, who else is there? Sean Tucker and McIntosh, the kid that fell over the turf monster in the, you know, Kenny McIntosh at Georgia and Spears had the, the back end of the year and the a great senior bowl and Eric Gray and the kid that backed up, um, the kid that backed up Bijan Robertson, Roshan Johnson, I think will end up being an NFL starter and, you know, Juice Vaughn and Keaton Mitchell and Mo Ibrahim and there's, you know, there's backs all over. And I just think every year guys come out in the fourth, fifth, sixth undrafted free agent and become starters and really good players. I just don't understand why anybody would pay big money for the easiest position in the league and the the, the position that, you know, with the least durability. Well, mm-hmm. with, with as, as Alf was alluding to, with Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, you know, uh, Devin Singletary, Miles Sanders. Um, let's toss our own Raheem, Raheem Mostert in there. Um, Tony Pollard and possibly Dalvin Cook, all all sort of available. Remember James Robinson? Well, uh, Tony Pollard is rumored to be taking the tag because you know Dallas doesn't let go of anybody. They just you know they just pile on <laughs> yeah. to their cap. So he is he is the one guy that is going to yeah. stick around. It seems. Well, I mean, you know, the the market is flooded, and um, and it's you know, as you say, it's clear it's clear what the league thinks of these guys, um, and so yeah, I mean, they'll they'll look for they'll look for some diamonds in the rough. I mean, I, I frankly, I'm I'm wondering what the Jets are going to do with the restricted free agent James Robinson, um, you know, because this is a guy that we have liked in the past, um, maybe not so much this last year, but in previous years. And he's still only 25 years old. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I can't help but look for – I can't help but look for diamonds in the rough. You know, I, I'm thinking guys like Boston Scott, you know, who's a 4-4-0 kind of speedster, super fast. He's only five foot seven, 200 pounds. But, you know, he hits like a hammer anyway, uh, which is what I think drew Mac- Mike McDaniel to, uh, to Jeff Wilson initially. Uh, when he was coming out of uh, a college, I mean, the guy has 16 touchdowns in the last four seasons, despite being like, you know, five foot seven and, and 200 pounds. And, uh, and, you know, he can get, he can get in the end zone. He can get short yardage, which is really surprising. Um, but, you know, some other guys, I mentioned Travis Homer, I've mentioned Mike Boone. Um, the, the thing that I'll usually steer toward in this system is speed at the position, because I think they want to keep, the multiple speed threat, um, you know, uh, thing that they have going because in an offense that's built around Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, you do need to be able to make sure that you've got multiple th- speed threats on the field uh, at all times to run the sort of offense that they want to run, and um, and that's why I keep steering towards these guys that you know show a lot of explosiveness on uh, on tape. But I think it's going to be, you know, yeah, it's going to be again. Mike McDaniel's is supposed to earn his keep here, um, but you know, for the right guy, if they if they get a bug up their ass for whatever reason about the right, you know, quote unquote, the right guy, 
you know, it's not going to, well, we'll take Saquon Barkley or Josh Jacobs or uh, David Montgomery or Miles Sanders, you know, whichever one frees up. Now, it, it, it's going to be, you know, if they've really got a thing for Dalvin Cook, you know, something like that. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. They might look at that as, um, as an opportunity. But, uh, but otherwise, this is where Mike McDaniel is supposed to make his money. I think the yeah. one thing to keep an eye on, Alpha, is that you know you could easily see. You look at someone like Jarek McKinnon, who the Forty <clears throat> had uh, when McDaniel was there, third round pick, just had a great season with the Chiefs. Is out is arguably the best running back in the NFL in pass protection in terms of and certainly pound for pound. And he's phenomenal on third downs. Great hands. You know, you could easily see them not bringing Raheem Mostert back at age thirty one and, and just you know, replacing them pretty much like for like, you know, bring Wilson back, bring in McKinnon, something like that. So, you know, whilst we're all sitting here thinking, oh yeah, they'll they'll absolutely should bring Wilson most of back. You know, I do think there's scenarios where that doesn't happen, but I do think that absolutely they will be looking for speed. And we've talked about them in the draft at A-Chain and the Banakanda, for example, but there are guys out there that just keep the chains moving because they just have that sort of, you know, easy speed which i think is kind of what that this offense is kind of you know will continue to be predicated on because that's just what they've you know that's what they've done that's what they built you know kareem hunt is another guy you know talked about mm. kareem hunt. rashad penny you know the the kid at seattle when he stayed healthy last year he had 671 yards in like three games yeah and but that's, that's his problem that's the problem with rashad penny when he plays he plays like a star uh his issue is getting staying on the field he's always injured always injured so, uh, you know, I, I think it will be very interesting to see what happens and see if they can find a, you know, a guy, you know, Alexander Matt, Mattison, for example. I mean, look, there's an argument that the, 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 the Vikings cut Cook and keep Mattison, you know, who's a free agent. So, um, but they definitely need to find some answers at, at running back and, um, you know, because there's not a lot going on there. The, uh, the well, they, they, they have they have literally zero because the guy yeah, you mentioned before, Savan Ahmed, yeah, you know, he's he's a, he's a restricted yeah. free agent. Yeah, they got to tender him. Yeah, although I do think that Raheem Mostert does find his way back here. Uh, I like Mostert, yeah, and he certainly has showed no signs of slowing down whatsoever, and had a really good year. But yeah, he know. built up he built up a lot of goodwill down the stretch with those big games that he had. So you could you know. see a scenario certainly that he doesn't come back. You know, I, now I, I think that you guys are not going to look too favorably upon what I'm going to say right here. But I had an epiphany. They drafted a quarterback in the seventh round last year, and started him several times in the regular season when they had uh, a choice, let's say. And they started him in the playoff game. Is it possible that QB2 is already here and it's Skylar Thompson and they're not looking elsewhere and they're not going to spend it on any backup quarterback, Simon? Uh, I think he'll be given the opportunity. I don't think he's good enough to be a backup. For a guy I agree with you. Like, I don't think he's good enough. For a guy that almost... He's going to have to play two, four, six, eight games per season, pretty much every season, because you know, Tua hasn't stayed healthy since his freshman year at Alabama. So, you know, I, I just don't think you can, you know, you know I, we saw how our season went to shit when, you know, when Tua was out and we had to rely on, you know, inexperience or just not very good backups. I, I, I think they got to, if they, you know, I think if they inject any money anywhere, I think it will have to be in that backup position and whether that's, you know, we talked about Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think he'll want to start somewhere. But you know, but is that a Baker Mayfield or a Darnold or a Case Keenum or a you know, there are a guy an Andy Dalton or a Mike White or a Heineke guy I really like and we talked about a lot. You know, that there are guys out there and I just think they're gonna to have to put some money into that position because this is a guy that's just not gonna sit on the bench and be a clipboard holder, I don't think, unless something weirdly dramatic changes with our with our starter. Yeah, they've had back to back one in four seasons with quarterbacks not named to a tongue of I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not asking too much. Just win another game. If they win another game, it makes all the difference in the world. Most teams are able, well, look, the Cowboys went four and oh, without Dak Prescott four and oh. So until they lost to the, the, the Eagles. So four and one, although they were competitive in that game with Cooper rush, but Chris, are you getting what I'm getting here? Like maybe that you know, is the- their QB too. Forgetting, forgetting us, and and whether some some you know dipsticks on a pod and podcast approve of it. Number one person that has to approve of that idea, I think, 
is uh, is going to be the owner, Stephen Ross, because he watched. Uh, unfortunately, he watched his team um, fail, and and you know that's that's what the season the season was not supposed to go the way it was. It was supposed to go differently. Um, they didn't trade a first round pick in the middle of the year to end up going, you know, um, to end up going nine and eight and with a, with a first round playoff loss. Um, you know, he watched them fail with Skylar Thompson taking a lot of snaps at quarterback and, uh, he's going to, he's going to be a tough person to convince that, uh, that Skylar Thompson is just going to get better and, you know, Hey, we almost won that playoff game and, um, you know, that, that sort of thing. Cause I think a lot of people are, are there are like, no, we know that Tua is not going to stay healthy. And, um, the end of the year is the most likely time for anybody, any player to be missing time because of, uh, because of injury. Um, so I, I think that, uh, <laughs> they're going to have to go into this off season thinking we need a quarterback that we can trust to win in the playoffs, to win a playoff game. And this is where I keep coming back to Jimmy Garoppolo because I know that Jimmy Garoppolo would love to be a starter in the NFL. Well, his agent already think, came out and said that he's looking for $25 million a year. Yeah. I, I would love, I would love to make $25 million a year and be a starter in the NFL too, <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's not going to happen. And, and it's not going to happen for Jimmy Garoppolo either because even before this year, he was replaced by three first round picks going into Trey Lance. And the primary reason cited was because of Jimmy Garoppolo's injury history. You know, this guy has taken a bunch of season ending his, uh, injuries in his career. The Dolphins have dished out I think three of them for some reason. That, that's um, a that's a that's a interesting trivia question. If they don't if they never play again, the Dolphins have played against Jimmy Garoppolo three times. They've knocked them out of the game three times. Yeah, I mean, it's for some reason we, yeah, uh, he better join us or else. Um, but I, I think that uh, I, I think that he's got a rude awakening uh, in line for uh, for what he's going to get on the market um, in terms of dollars, and what he's going to get out in the you know in terms of starting positions and uh, an ability to to be the starter because there isn't a sing I guarantee there is not a single team in the NFL that looks at Jimmy Garoppolo and says, we're going to get 17 games out of him or even 10, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and that's, that, that's the point. And I think that, uh, I think that he's got a rude awakening. His number will have to come down. I think that uh, Miami could, could come down to, you know, some sort of, I could imagine a one year, $10 million deal with, three voidable years um, attached to it. So officially a four-year deal with, with auto voids for the last three years to make the deal uh, more cap friendly. But I think that he's going to have to come down to that. And I think the, um, the Dolphins are going to have to reconcile themselves with the fact that they need somebody that they, they know can win these games when Tua goes down, um, if he goes down. And we hope he doesn't, but we know that that's, that's something that keeps happening to him. Well, we talked about what's possible. Now we're going to talk about what we would do. And I guess I'll start first. Settle the right tackle position. Simple as that. Figure out what you have to do. Uh, I also found it um, you know, odd that they went to bat so strongly for Emmanuel Ogba. I would think that he was he'd be the, the top guy that you would want to get rid of to try to clear some cap space because not that he's a bad player he's a good player it's just that he's just not needed and he's expensive but you know the when the season ended that was a full-throated endorsement of yeah we didn't you know you don't go out there and say yeah we didn't sign him to that contract to put him on ir for one year we expect him to play and we're excited to see him play so i guess emmanuel agba is in the plans but I don't care what else you do. You could do very simple things like you could run it back with the running back position and add a draft pick. I'd be very happy with that. I'm fine with that. Um, you know, elsewhere, the secondary, you could use a draft pick. You could use a low, lower level signing. But settle that right tackle position. If you have to throw money at it, throw money at it. You can also restructure Connor Williams. I think it's 
Uh, I think an extension for Connor Williams is probably in the cards and probably a smart thing. If you're looking at these center contracts, you know, maybe you want to get in here, you know, a little cheaper than, than what's going out there because if you can save a couple of million dollars going forward per season, I say do it because I think this guy's a he's first of all he's always been durable, and he's very good. I just keep him around for the for for the long haul. Extend him, use some of the savings to put together a kitty and go after a right tackle. Settle that right tackle position. Everybody else has okay. At least everybody else that's successful has the two Super Bowl teams. Oddly enough, were the two teams that spent the most money on their tackles. Okay, there's some symmetry there. Go and do that. Uh, what would you do, Simon? What's you know you put on your GM hat? We already talked about what's possible. What would you do? I, I think you've got to sort out linebacker. You've got to sort out running back. You've got to sort out backup quarterback. We talked about the reasons why. Yeah, right tackles a, a huge thing, and you don't really want to have a a rookie there. You know, Darnell Wright will right make it to fifty one. I think it's unlikely. So I, I think you need to sort that position out. But then you know, are you if you're looking at bottom of the basement, bottom of the barrel kind of guys? You know, are you really fixing it? You know, and do you have the money to fix it properly with a McGlinchey or a, a McGarry or whoever else you kind of feel like? So it's, uh, I don't really know, but you've got to fix right tackle. You've got to fix that backup quarterback. You've got to fix linebacker and you've got to fix the secondary because like we said two weeks ago, you've got, you know, all these players coming back, but Byron Jones does come back. He's coming off, you know, he's been talking about, you know, not being able to run and jump and he's coming off a, uh, an Achilles injury. You've got Trill Williams coming back off an Achilles or an ACL. You've got Nick Needham coming back off an Achilles. You've got Brandon Jones coming back off an ACL. So there are, you know, you can rely on these guys, but you really can't rely on these guys. So you've got to kind of sort that secondary out as well. So, and they need a guy that can come downhill as a linebacker. And I, Chris has, makes a great point about Landon Roberts, who I think you should absolutely keep around. But, you know, is Channing Tindall ready? I saw no signs of it last season that he was ready. You, you wonder whether or not, you know, Big Fangio is going to like this guy or not, especially given that. You know, you wonder what's kind of going on upstairs in terms of has he got the, the mental faculty, the mental capability to play that position. Certainly athletic enough, but but we shall see. But yeah, I mean, to me, right tackle, quarterback or backup quarterback, you know, secondary linebacker, they're really, really important. Chris? The most unpleasant position to, uh, to, to talk, talk about really is that backup quarterback position because... Um, it does need to be handled, uh, and and it's going to cost money, and nobody ever likes to throw money at it, and um, and unfortunately, it does. Uh, you know, and I hope that it is it is kind of my hope actually that um, that the Dolphins uh, take a look at uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, even though I've been a critic of you know throwing an injury prone guy behind an injury prone guy. Um, I think. You know there there are probably more reasons to be realistic about this and and make sure that Mike McDaniel has a guy he knows um, and a guy that knows him. Uh, when when you go into a game with one guy as your starter and you finish the game with another guy, and that was the real problem last year, is we kept going into a game with one guy as a starter, getting the reps all week, and then finishing it with a different guy. And, um, and, and when that happens, you know, the playbook gets cut down. Uh, there's, you know, there's, there's not as much, I mean, I know everybody says we prepare like a starter and stuff, but, uh, but it just wasn't, it wasn't working. And we actually performed generally, you know, a lot better, even when Tua was not the starter, we performed better. Um, if we had the guy that was preparing all week, you know? Um, so I think that, um, I think that getting a guy that knows, knows Mike McDaniel and that Mike McDaniel knows will be very key in helping us win those games. But otherwise you are 100% correct about the right tackle position. It is a multiplier for multiple positions. And we wonder why, you know, Mike Gesicki went virtually unused this year um, or why, you know, our running backs didn't really do much in the passing game this year. I mean, the fact of the matter is the Dolphins had to help their tackles more than any other team in the NFL this year. And it's not by a small margin. I mean, if you if you look at if you look at the amount of help that they that all the teams sent to their tackles, um, specifically their tackles, Miami is dead last or dead la or I guess first for the most and by a lot. And 
you can't so you can't get your tight ends out in the passing game. You can't get your running backs out in the passing game to affect the game until you fix that position. And uh, you know, as you say, if you have to throw money at it, sometimes you you know you're you're buying a guy just because he is a starter, a valid NFL starter, and you don't have one. You know. And so I think that, uh, yes, Mike McGlinchey is in line. I know he's not very popular with um, with the fan base. Um, I think that Cameron Fleming is a surprisingly good player. Uh, I watched the guy, you know, take on the likes of Khalil Mack and Max Crosby and Nick Bosa and, um, you know, and, and somebody else who's uh, – And and is, a little housekeeping. They were in on him in 2018. Yeah. Free agency, I, so. Right. And, and, and so I, I watched him take I watched him take those guys on and um, oh, and Frank Clark. And I, I honestly had to check numbers. You know, I had I had to check jersey numbers to make sure I was watching Khalil back to make sure I was watching Nick Bosa to make sure I was watching Frank Clark. Um, you know, he's got and Max Crosby because uh, little Cameron Fleming. He, what is he? Ten year vet, eight year vet. I don't know. Something like that. Um 30 years old uh he was i mean he he had these guys locked up and and he was dominating them and i i'm really intrigued with him um you've mentioned Jawan taylor uh i i don't know if he's a fit for the system but he is a good pass protector and so yeah, they sign him we're throwing it 40 times a game <laughs> well yeah exactly and and but i do think of all the tackles he's going to get the most money yes. um and Caleb McGarry, there's something I that I that I don't quite trust there. Andrew Wiley, I think he's playing the best he's ever played in his career at 29 years old. Um, he's just coming off a, a brilliant Super Bowl. Um, I, I wonder if he's going to get paid or if the Chiefs are even going to let him go. But um, but you know that he would fit. Uh, probably my preferences overall are going to be McGlinchey and uh, McGlinchey and Cameron Fleming and uh, maybe Andrew Wiley. Um, but they have to get it done. And then, uh, and then the rest, unfortunately, I think you're going to have to kind of go bargains. Um, you know, that, that may even be at the safety position, you know, maybe even at safety where we can't afford Jordan Poyer or Jordan Poyer is going to have to come down significantly. And, um, and we end up, or we end up with some, uh, some bargain guy, um, you know, like I mentioned, MJ Stewart or, um, or, or, Taylor Rapp, or uh, if he if he is indeed a bargain, um, they could you know they could even revisit uh, Vic. Maybe Magic Jordan Poyer will play for free. Have you thought about that? Well, I mean, uh, but but if if we're gonna get if we're gonna get a veteran that knows the system, you know, Vic Fangio could even revisit Kareem Jackson, even at, even at, at his age, he's still playing. He's mm. still playing all right ball. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, and he and he played in Fangio's system. I think at corner, uh, people thinking that we're gonna get like big. You know, big signing there. I think you're you're in for a little bit of a of a of a shock because I, I don't yes. think that's going to be the case. I think that it's going to be, you know, it is going to be somebody like Bryce Callahan. Uh, you know, cobbling together the position. Um, you know, maybe it, I, Jamel Dean is probably going to be too expensive. Um, Amani Oruwariye, uh, who is a guy that Simon has mentioned. Um, I don't know how much he's going to get. Uh, but he could be a bargain guy. I think a linebacker, you could look at bargain guys like Leighton Vander Esch is coming off like a one year, two million, two million dollar contract. Um, and injury concerns there, uh, yeah, injury con- because of which, injury which concerns. means he fits and, in perfectly with, with this team, right? Exactly. And and you know, another guy that um, that Vic Fangio will know well, uh, you know, AJ Johnson, um, who you, who was a starter and was like a thousand snaps player under Fangio and doing quite well, but he took a pectoral um, injury and, uh, and, and basically just hasn't quite, hasn't come back from it yet. Um, so you could see, you could see like uh, some of those bargains in addition to, you know, just bringing back a Landon Roberts uh, at linebacker. But um, yeah, I, I think right tackles the one, I mean, quarterbacks, the quarterback is the one that's so unpleasant that it wouldn't surprise me if you have to do a four-year contract with three voidable years um, just because you're pissed off about you don't want a, a big cap hit for your backup quarterback. But um, but right tackles the one that you have to get fixed. You have to because it multiplies everything else in the offense. And so, uh, and so that should be their number one focus. 
All right. And I guess we could leave it right there. Uh, on the way out, Simon, um, who's replacing Le- Leslie Frazier? I, re- I already threw my hat in the ring. I'll take the I'll take the job if if offered. So, oh, I think I think it'll be one of the um I think it'll be one of the internal guys. Uh so it'll be um uh Babich or John Butler or uh Eric, the he's the defensive line coach, Wilkinson, maybe. Um, I was just going to make a point actually about Amani Oroarie. Uh, Steve Gregory obviously coached him. I know Gregory's left now, mm. but I would imagine they would have had some free agency conversations before Gregory was fired because he coached him in Detroit. So, um, yeah, that'll be interesting to watch. But I would say one of the three, I think they'll keep it in house. And I think it'll either be Butler, Babich, or Eric Wilkinson, I think is the defensive line and assistant head coach. So I think it'll be one of those three. Yeah, that's a, that's a, a situation worth monitoring monitoring because it's the direct competition to the Miami Dolphins and it's exactly where we want to get to. We want to win a, a division. Part of winning that division is defeating that Buffalo Bills defense, which they had some success against this past season. So that's going to be interesting to see where he, where they end up in as far as filling that position for a year, because he is coming back to coaching 2024. Brandon. Brandon Bean's just literally got off the podium at the combine, and he says that uh, the intimation is that they won't replace him at defensive coordinator. That Sean McDermott, who obviously was a defensive coordinator in Carolina, will uh, oversee defensive coordinator, and so they won't actually have a replacement, knowing that Frazier's coming back anyway. So, um, mm, okay, yeah. Well, a little housekeeping: uh, Mike McDaniel and Chris Greer are at the combine. Uh, Chris Greer is not scheduled to speak to the media. But Mike McDaniel is on Tuesday afternoon at 3 p.m. We're recording this at 11 a.m. So I guess we'll look forward to that and we'll have more on that later on. The next time we talk to you, we will talk actual names at all these positions. Tight end, right tackle, cornerback, safety, backup quarterback, running back. That's a lot. But till then. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.